Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode 26. Uh, this will be another, including MMA in this one. Uh, start out today, we'll get into some NFL headlines, do some draft. You know, we're going to do a little four teams that won the draft, two teams that flopped, best and worst picks, five biggest steals, five biggest reaches. Then we'll get into a little would you rather, a uh, little soccer headlines, overreaction or not, some world news, just a couple things to, to hit on that I thought were interesting. Um, combat sports headlines, and then MMA and boxing predictions. Big weekend. Uh, starting last night with PFL, and then tonight with Bellator, tomorrow with UFC, and then uh, the big the big one, Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. So again, with NFL uh, well, headlines, Packers looking to add veteran quarterback to roster. Love only one on the roster with Rodgers being out for now. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to probably, because, uh, I mean, say Rodgers doesn't play, you'd like to have a veteran out there to – challenge Jordan Love and make him better. So, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens again. Uh, Rodgers has told friends he wants to be a Packer, but wants to know they're committed to him for at least the next three years. Um, I don't get why they wouldn't be. I mean, they were one game away from a, you know, Super Bowl appearance last year. So I don't get why they wouldn't be committed to Rodgers, in my opinion. You know, it doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, Richard Sherman, possibly to the Cowboys. There's been rumors thrown around that Jerry Jones has had talks with Richard. Um, Richard obviously not signed. He's had talks with a lot of teams now, a lot of contenders. Um, I don't think it'd be a bad idea for the Cowboys to bring him in. I, the Cowboys didn't get the corner they wanted. They did get, you know, uh, Kelvin Joseph in round two, who I really like. Had him as an early second uh, round grade. So I like they got him about, you know, mid, mid-round. Um, uh but yeah, I wouldn't mind Sherman coming in being a vet for a year, you know, have, you know, bring the experience and help these couple young corners we drafted out and the young corners we already have. Lions make Frank Ragno the highest paid center of all time. Four years, $70 million deal, $42 million guaranteed. Ragno is a beast. Congrats to him on the contract. Uh, Dak says he is fully healthy and could play now, which is great to hear. I know, like I said, the injury he ended up getting was, uh, you know, it was probably the for that injury, it was best case scenario. Rehab was shorter than it could have been. Um, it was like only a four month rehab. So I'm glad he's back and ready. Uh, Matt rule was asked, why not take a quarterback at eight? He said, we believe that we have our franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. I think it was smart not to take quarterback, to be honest. Um, we'll get to their pick here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I thought it was smart not to take quarterback. You know, I think Donald is going to, is going to, uh, thrive and look really good at, in, uh, in Carolina. All right, so let's do a little four teams that won the draft, two teams that flopped. We're going to go with two. We're going to go two teams that won, then we'll go one that flopped, and then we'll go to the other two, and then one, the last one that flopped. So we'll start off the New York Jets. I believe they won. So even though I may not agree that Wilson was the second-best quarterback, they got their guy, though. That's all you need. He does have crazy upside. Um so you got your guy. Then, this is day one, you traded up in the draft from 23 to get Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard, to go alongside Mekhi Becton and help out Zach Wilson, protect your quarterback. Then day two, you go get a weapon for Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, to go along with Corey Davis in, in round two. I thought that was a great pick. And then some day three picks I had that they, that they had that I liked. Michael Carter, who was the... Uh, Second North Carolina running back taken. You know, everyone, Devontae Williams has probably the more upside. I like Michael Carter's upside as well. I think he could be a tremendous back in the NFL. They also got Hamsa Nazrul Dean. 
the safety from Florida State. Love that pick. He went six because of an injury, I believe. I had him as a third-round grade. So you get him in the sixth round, he can stay healthy. Great pick. So the New York Jets, and this isn't an order. This is just I went through the draft and figured out who the four teams were, and I just put them out there. Another team I thought won the draft, the Chicago Bears. Traded up from 20 to 11. And yes, gave up a first-round pick next year, but in my opinion, you got the second-best quarterback in this draft and the guy who has the potential to end up being the best quarterback in this draft, Justin Fields. Then, on day two, you get a guy that I had a first-round grade on, a mid-to-late first-round grade on Tevin Jenkins. You get him in round two, a tackle to protect Justin Fields. Tremendous. Then, in day three, I thought they got some late-round steals. Khalil Herbert, I think he's a good, really solid running back. I think he's going to help them out a lot. And Daz Newsom, who I had as a fourth, a late third, early fourth round grade from North Carolina, the receiver. I like their draft. It's the field same wins it for me. You went up and got your guy. Most likely, they don't trade up and they just wait. Field's probably going to um, New England. So yeah, the Chicago Bears definitely. Team that lost it. Uh, for me, the Houston Texans. I thought they reached on Mills and Nico Collins with the third round picks. I didn't think they were needs. They have much more issues to address. I thought Nico Collins was a fourth or fifth round receiver. I understand quarterbacks are definitely higher valued, like because of the position. I didn't think they need to go get Davis Mills, though. You know, I think you you know you have Tyrod Taylor. You could have brought in another guy. See what happens with Watson, but yeah, the only pick I liked was uh, fifth round Brevin Jordan, who I thought was going to go third to fourth round. They got him in the fifth. That was the only pick I liked, but I did not think they did well in this draft. Uh, another team that lost the other team I thought that lost the draft was the Raiders. Um, didn't really like any of their back half picks at all. Only pick I liked really was Trayvon Morig in round two, who I had a first round grade on. The pick that didn't make sense to me at all, Alex Leatherwood, uh, going at 17, the tackle from Bama. When you had so many other guys on there that I have way higher grades on. Darishaw falls 23. I had a mid. I had Darishaw going for. I would have, if, if, uh, I would have Darishaw going around, what, 16, I think, or 15? Um, he goes 23. Uh, another guy that I liked, where's he at? Tevin Jenkins I had an early grade on. I'm not going to lie. Guys that I had higher grades on, also Eichenberg, Samuel Cosme, and Dylan Raddins. I had those higher grades than Alex Leatherwood. Um, Landon Dickerson there too. Uh, so yeah, wasn't a huge fan of the Leatherwood pick. I thought they definitely botched that pick, and I didn't like their late round picks either. Two other teams I thought won the draft. I love the shit out of the Miami Dolphins draft. Jalen Waddle in round one. Here's day one. Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips. Waddle, people saying he might have the most upside at receiver out of all the receivers in this class, and he might. And Jalen Phillips, I think, was definitely the best edge rusher in this class, and he goes at 18 to them. I had him going to 11 to the Giants. Then in round two, you get the t- guy who I thought was the second best safety in this class, Javon Holland. Like him a lot. Then in round two, you get Eichenberg. I like that pick. And you get Hunter. I know you have a uh, Gasecki, but then you get Hunter Long. You know, you're going to run those two tight end sets anyway. Gasecki and Hunter Long, I like that a lot. I really like what the Dolphins did. This was a great draft by the Miami Dolphins. Another team that I thought got some really big steals, the Cleveland Browns. Day, day one, they get Greg Newsom at 26. I thought he was going anywhere from 16 at worst 21 or 22. They get him at 26. Day two. They get a guy I had going 19 in a Wosu Koromoa at 52. That was incredible value. Then, maybe a slight reach. Love the potential, though, of Anthony Schwartz. But then, in round six, 
Rashard LeClount, the safety, I had him as a third-round grade. He goes sixth round to the Browns. I love what the Browns did with their first two picks, Newsom and Cormoa. How they got Cormoa in round two is still beyond me. I don't know if there was an injury or something. I don't believe so. I don't know. But what a draft by the Browns. So now let's get into best worst picks. So I did one through tw- one through ten. Who is the best picks? I'm not including Trevor Lawrence. That was a given. So who is the best pick one through ten? I put Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. In my opinion, he has. I use the second best player in this draft all around. I had Panay Sewell at three. Obviously Lawrence at one. So I think Pitts going to the Falcons are like, hey, we're going to run this out with Matt Ryan. Let's try to get this offense really, really stacked, and let's do it. Let's see what happens. So I, that was the best pick. The worst pick for me, and again, I didn't think it was a terrible pick, J.C. Horn at 8. I, I'm always saying this was the worst pick because I like Sertan more, and I think all the other picks were were pretty justified. You know, you have Wilson, too. He, obviously, the Jets taking quarterback. Niners taking Lance. Like that pick. His upside's insane. Pitts. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Sertan, Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah, I just think J.C. Horn would have been the worst out of the 10. And I, like I said, the only reason I have this and not have Sertan here, I thought Sertan was better than J.C. Horn. So that's why I have J.C. Horn here. Tough to pick, though. Uh, 11 through 20, had a couple. Uh, had a couple best, couple worst. Best, Bears trade up 11 to get fields. I would have had him go. If I would have done a mock draft of myself, like what I think should happen, not what I'm hearing should happen, fields would have been second overall. So you get him at 11. Then the Jets straight up to get Vera Tucker. Again, he was the best He was the best interior alignment in this draft by far. So I love this pick also at 14. Worst picks. Again, Raiders take offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood at 17. Again, I just think there was at least four tackles better than him that I had higher grades on. Maybe even five. Walker Little was close to that. So, you know, I didn't like the Leatherwood pick at all. Uh, and the Giants picked wide receiver Kadarius Toney at 20. Did not like this. Um, there's a lot of good receivers on the board that I had higher grades on. Three for sure. Bateman, Moore, Rondell Moore, and Elijah Moore. But, you know, they take they take Kadarius Tony. Best pick, 21 through 32. Vikings trade down and still get their tackle, Christian Derrissaw. They wanted Derrissaw. This is the guy they were probably going to end up taking at 14. Um, this is the reason why they were willing to trade. And I guess they had a... They had an assumption that he was going to fall. I didn't understand why he fell, especially with Leatherwood taking over him. But Dereshaw, and then Browns get Greg Newsom at 26. I thought he was going probably 16 to the Cardinals, what I thought. And then I thought he would not fall past 22 to the Titans. Worse, Packers, they take cornerback Eric Stokes at 29. With cornerbacks that I had higher grades on, Tyson Campbell, Kelvin Joseph, and Asante Samuel Jr. there. Also, maybe that. You know, try to try to put you know do something nice if you want to mend this Rogers relationship for real. Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore are there to help get another weapon there. But what are you gonna do? So now let's get into my five biggest steals of the draft and my five biggest reaches. We'll go with reaches first. You've already heard me talk about some a couple of these. Leatherwood being taken at seventeen when you have Dereshaw and Jenkins for sure there. That I had I had uh, mid to late first round grades on both of them. Uh, then the Giants take Kadarius Tony with Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, and Rondell Moore there. I had Tony as a mid-second to late-second rounder. Bengals taking offensive tackle Jackson Carmen at 46 with Cosme and Raddins there. Didn't like that pick at all. I thought Cosme or uh, Dylan Raddins would have been a lot better. Steelers taking tight end Pat Fryermuth at 55 with Creed Humphrey still there, and they need a center. And then the Packers take Josh Myers at center at 62. With Creed Humphrey there, goes right after the Chiefs. Or you could have took off to tackle Jalen Mayfield. You need a tackle too. So 
I mean, the Packers could have went center or tackle there. I thought, you know, it didn't matter, but I thought you either go Humphrey or Mayfield. You don't go Josh Myers. So, yeah, that is a little draft recap. Um, I don't have my full grades out yet on the class. I'll probably have that by next podcast, what I think. I'm trying to dive into it pretty deep, so I don't have a full grades, but we will get there. So now let's get into a little would you rather. We got three NFLs, we got three NBAs, and three combat sport ones. Would you rather be the Bears or the Jets going forward? Um, really hope Allen Robinson comes back now. Hope he's like, you know, okay, we got a quarterback. Let me play. <laughs> Hopefully you have a quarterback, right? I'm going to take the Bears because I think Fields is going to be a better pro than Zach Wilson. And I think a lot of it can start and end with quarterbacks. So I'm going to go Bears. Would you rather be Trey Lance or Mac Jones as your career begins? I don't think either play this right away at least. They're both in great situations. The 49ers obviously are going to have a top five defense. Page to probably be back to having a top 10, top five defense too. Obviously Lance has Kittle, Debo. Can they stay healthy is the question. Ayuk. Um, you got some weapons over. You got two good tight ends and Hunter Henry and uh, Janu. Uh, I'm going to say Trey Lance. I think he has a better supporting cast around him. So I'm going to go Trey Lance. I'd rather be Trey Lance as my career begins. Would you rather Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? This was tough for me because I thought Devontae was the second best receiver in the class. I do agree with some people that Waddle, he either has equally the highest ceiling or does have the highest ceiling in this class with Jamar Chase. I'm going to say Devontae Smith because I think he's going to be a better receiver. I just think he's I think he's that good. I just think he's that damn good. Uh, I thought the Eagles trading up 10 was a perfect move to get him. Um I like that move a lot. So, yeah, I would take Devontae Smith. Would you rather have Dame or Kyrie? I've been seeing some of these NBA ones on some Instagram stories, so I put them on here. I'll take Dame. I know Kyrie's got the NBA title, but he wasn't the best player when he won it, and Dame's only been to the conference finals as, you know, he's been to the conference finals as the best player. Kyrie's never really been anywhere without being the best player or with when he is the best player. I'm going to take Dame. You don't get the drama either with Ky- with uh, Dame that you do Kyrie, so I would take Dame. I saw this one, Zion or Randall. Yeah, I think Randall's having a great season this year. I'm still taking Zion, though, on my team. Come on, let's just be real. This one really isn't a discussion. Would you rather have Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? Again, one that, you know, it's, you know I, think, I think it was made a lot tougher. I would easily go Booker. I think the vote was like 55-45 Booker or something like that, but I would go Booker heavily. Would you rather see Francis Ngannou fight Stipe a third time or Derek Lewis in a rematch if he doesn't face Jones next? Uh, Derek Lewis, and that's also because of Fra- or Stipe's health. I'd love to see Stipe just wait. And what I would also love to see is if maybe if they did Francis John, you do Stipe Derek Lewis as the number one contender fight. But I have a feeling that John Jones is not going to fight Francis next. It's going to be Derek Lewis. I'd rather see Derek Lewis too because I think you know it can't. That fight needs to be replayed because it can't be as bad as the first one was. And Stipe should take time off. And if uh, Jones still isn't ready to go or the money is still a problem, then you do Stipe versus the winner of Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou after that. Would you rather see Connor fight for the lightweight title or fight a money fight against Nate Diaz or Jorge Masvidal if he beats Dustin Poirier? I would go with the lightweight title right now. Here's the thing about the money fights. Connor can fight anybody 
and it's a big pay-per-view, all right? I mean, let's just be honest. Chad Mendez does a million. Jose Aldo does 1.2. Eddie Alvarez does 1.3. Both Nate Fights do 1.4, 1.6. Donald and him do 1.4. Him and Poirier do 1.6. Him and Khabib does 2.4. It doesn't matter who he fights. So the money fights, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, the pay-per-view is probably going to be bigger if I fight Nate or Jorge. But let me capture this title while I'm here. If he when he beats Poirier this in this trilogy, yeah, fight the winner of Oliveira and Chandler. Let's let's get the title. Then we can, you know, see if Nate or Jorge wants to do it after that. Um, but yeah, I'd take the lightweight title. Would you rather see Tyson Fury fight Wilder a third time or Anthony Joshua or Andy Ruiz if the Joshua fight falls through? God, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just so not interested right now. In a Fury-Wilder fight, especially because Wilder has not fought since. And I know Fury hasn't either, but that doesn't matter because he beat the shit out of Deontay Wilder. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. It's like, why? I don't want to see... I don't want to see that a third time right now. What I think should happen is... Okay, here for this one, I'm picking Andy Ruiz because it hasn't happened. And I think he still kills him. What should happen is, I don't think this Joshua Fury fight's falling through. Too much money at stake for it to fall through. Wilder should fight Ruiz. And we can see if Wilder's back or if he's done. If he's given up on himself. That's what should happen. Fury Joshua has its own pay-per-view, of course. And Wilder, and Wilder Ruiz is a pay-per-view. I'll pay for Wilder Ruiz. You shitting me? Three and four best heavyweights in the world, in my opinion. So yeah, I'll pay for that. They're both, like, I've been here. They're both under Fox, PBC. Let's go. What are we not making that fight for? What is Wilder Ruiz not being made for? I'm very shocked why it's not being even discussed. Ruiz, no, we're not doing a rematch versus Ariola. Fuck no. That is a terrible fight. You, you won. He dropped you once, and he still couldn't get the win. No, we want Ruiz Joshua, or Ruiz uh, Wilder. Well, soccer. Man U takes down Roma. 8-5 on aggregate. We'll take on Villarreal, who took down Arsenal 2-1 on ag in the Europa League final. Troops from Barstool was not happy with that Arsenal performance. He uh, he wants he wants to he wants to coach out. Um, yeah, Arsenal's not very good, man. They're 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 not very good. I can't really talk about how good my team is. Liverpool's been very poor this year, but they're definitely better than Arsenal. So. Yeah, Arsenal's in a rough spot right now. Uh, I think Man U will beat Villarreal, but that's going to be a good one. Uh, Man U what, won 6-2 in leg one against Roma and then 2-3 loss in uh, leg two. But, you know, it was basically over. Getting 8-5 ag win. So then Chelsea takes down Real Madrid 3-1 on aggregate. We'll take on Man City, who took down PSG 4-1 on aggregate. And the Champions League final is in an all-English Final in the Champions League. It's being moved to England, I've heard, because of uh, the COVID in uh, Turkey. So you're going to probably get that in England. I guess at one of those massive stadiums, I'm sure. But yeah, incredible. Can't wait. Hopefully Chelsea wins. Definitely rooting for Chelsea now. Pulisic's on that team. That's my guy. I'll definitely, I don't like Man City, so I'll be rooting for Chelsea. Eden Hazard apologizes for being happy for former Chelsea teammates. So I guess after the game, Eden Hazard was smiling, giving hugs to former Chelsea teammates of his. I don't see why everyone's all upset by this. I mean, chill. Why are we so upset? Like, come on. There's no reason to be that mad. Roma hires Jose Mourinho, once once middlefield or midfielder, Sabitzer from Leipzig back. I heard that's who he's going for. Uh, his big splash that he wants to make for one bit, for a big signing would be uh, Sabitzer from Leipzig. He's a stud. A lot of teams wanting him, though. So we'll see if Roma can make the play. 
Uh, rumor is Cristiano Ronaldo wants to end his career at Sporting, where it all started. It's where he started at with Sporting in Portugal, back in his home country. I'm not sure if that means it's going to be next year. I think there's rumor that he would like to play still in one of the five uh, big leagues next year, maybe even for two years, and then end it in uh, Portugal. So yeah, um, love it. Love to see him play back at Sporting. Barca and Real will throw big, big time money at Dortmund for Holland. So Dortmund has said they're adamant on not selling Holland this summer, but I think the money's going to be too rich to turn it down if you're Dortmund, to be honest. So I think Holland will be on the move. It'll either be Barca, Real. I'm hearing Liverpool, Man U will be throwing some money as well. So those four big clubs looking to get Erling Holland. Uh, Klopp says not playing in Champions League next year won't hurt transfer plans. Um, I kind of disagree, but you never know. So uh, I guess we'll just see how it plays out this summer. I know that Liverpool said they're willing to make big splashes and uh, you know, kind of, kind of light a new fire that they had a couple, you know, two three years ago. This year it wasn't there, so obviously injuries weren't helping. You know, Joe Gomez, Matip, Virgil Van Dijk, top three uh, defensive backs out. So kind of tough. But uh, yeah, hopefully can relight a fire. More likely to leave this summer, Kane or Mbappe? Ooh. This is a good question right here. I'm actually going to go with Harry Kane. Harry Kane spoke about four years ago saying in four years, if I haven't won trophies and stuff like that, then it'll be a failure. I think it's just time for them to move on, Tottenham to move on, and Harry Kane just to split and let him go play at a Real, a Barca, um, possibly PSG, Juventus is in, you know the rumors as well. I do think Mbappe stays at PSG one more year. Uh, I heard that everything's going good there. I think he's going to stay one more season. So let's get into a little overreaction or not. Uh, we got two basketball, three NFL, and then three combat sports. Uh, Lakers are getting bounced in round one. Massive overreaction, especially because they'll probably end up playing either the Nuggets Probably the Nuggets is the likely matchup, I would think. Possibly the Suns or Jazz. Again, I'm not really scared, so if they're fully healthy, no, they're not getting bounced. Round one, at least. Overreaction, for sure. Chris Ball should be MVP. Oh, and this is overreaction or not or meh. I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, it's or, basically. I'm in the middle. But Chris Ball should be MVP. Not an overreaction. I think he should be. Uh, If the award is for most valuable player, I think Chris Paul should win it this year. It's the first time I've said that in a while about somebody not named LeBron. So yeah, I think Chris Paul deserves MVP. Jets will regret uh, taking Zach Wilson. I'm going meh on this one because I don't know. Uh, He could be good. He's got a ton of upside, big arm. But we'll see how he does under the bright lights, you know? So I'm going to go meh. Browns are the Chiefs' biggest threat in the AFC. I'm going to say that's not an overreaction. They are so talented at every position. Yeah, I think the Browns, I'm going to say not an overreaction here. I think the Browns are better than the Bills, as long as Baker can play good football. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will have a winning record his rookie year. I'm going to say it's a little bit of an overreaction. 9-8 and eight for them. AFC so tough. I'm going to say I do think they get around 7 wins. I'm not going to go 9-8, and eight, though. Not going to go winning record. So I'm going to say overreaction. Logan and Jake Paul are hurting the sport of boxing. I mean, if you're looking at the boxing pussy pundits, it's an, it's not an overreaction. To me, it is a overreaction. Um, beat him, beat Jake Paul. Somebody beat Jake Paul. If you wanted to end, beat Jake Paul. It's 
not hurting the sport. To me, it's it's not bad. Um, it's you know, it's 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 different. You're still gonna have your Canelo Billy Joe like this weekend. You're still gonna have those high level fights. You know, Jake's gonna fight two times a year. Logan's gonna fight maybe never again after this. It's not ruining the sport of boxing. It's you know what makes it worse? You the the fucking old school boxing heads talking about it so much and bitching about it. Just do your own fights. This is gonna go over at some point. This can't. This does not last. This does not last. Jake Paul. I would be shocked if Jake Paul boxes for the next fifteen years. Okay, this won't last forever. Just chill. It's an overreaction. They're not hurting the sport of boxing. You talking about it and being crybabies are allowing it to hurt the sport of boxing. In my opinion, it's the it's the pundits. Come on now. If Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards, he will leapfrog everyone and get a title shot. Not an overreaction. He will. If Nate Diaz goes out there and somehow upsets Leon Edwards, he will be fighting Kamaru Usman for the 170-pound title. Not even a question. Not even a question. Kayla Harrison fought last night at PFL. Is the best woman's fighter on the planet. <sighs> Dude, she is, she is a bad... Come on. She is so good. It's ridiculous how good she is. It is actually ridiculous. She's so big. 155 <laughs> I think she'd give Nunez the most trouble out of any woman on the planet. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to say meh, actually. I'm not even going to say it's an overreaction. I'm going to say meh because that's how good I think Kayla Harrison is. All right, little world news. Wow, a sixth grader. Sixth grade girl opens fire at Idaho Middle School. A sixth grader. That is insane. When I read that, I was like, geez. A custodian and two students were wounded. No one dead, I believe. I believe everyone's okay. Teacher disarmed the student and detained her until police arrived. Bill Gates, div- or Bill Gates' divorce is not a friendly one. Family very angry at Bill. That's what I heard. You know, she's gonna, his soon-to-be ex-wife is going to become... The richest woman on planet Earth. Price button fitty fitty. <laughs> White House press secretary Jan Pasaki. Pasky. The fuck do you say her last name? Pasky. Pasaki. Okay. Admits Joe Biden is discouraged <laughs> from taking questions from the media. I just had to share this one because I laugh. Like, come on. You're discouraged. The media fa- is favorite. You answer- if he goes and answers. If he goes to a media, a little media scrum, and he's answering questions, he's going to have to maybe answer, what, one or two hard questions? Come on. The media favors to him. It's not like Donald Trump where every question he had to answer was, you know, thrown right in his face, and they're coming, they're coming at his throat. They don't do that with Joe. Come on. That is hilarious. I just had to laugh about that. Biden, who is a devout Catholic, leaves... Leaves out God in a day of prayer proclamation. Instead, pushes leftist agenda. Shocking to hear that one. Very shocked. So Joe Rogan has taken heat for saying he would tell a healthy young person not to get the vaccine. Okay, so I saw this. They're saying, do not, you know, Joe Rogan, not a scientist, gives bad advice about the vaccine. Okay, Bill Gates, not a scientist, giving advice about the vaccine. What's the difference here? Because Bill Gates is an ultra... Bill Gates did what? Founder of Microsoft? Okay. Not a scientist. And I'm not saying Rogan is either. But why is Rogan getting bashed? But but Bill Gates allowed to go on any platform he wants and speak about this vaccine. And everyone, like, thinks it's a good idea to listen to People think it's a good idea to listen to Bill Gates? Just because he has a, you know, is a, you know, 
multi-time billionaire doesn't mean we should listen to him about science, right? I'm not saying we should Rogan either. And guess what? Rogan can have his opinion. Everyone else can go shut the fuck up. I don't care. I'm, and I don't care that Bill Gates is saying stuff. I'm not going to listen to Bill Gates. I don't, you know, I can choose who to listen to. But who cares what they say? Like, everyone can have their own opinion. I'm just saying, why is Joe Rogan getting so much hate, but everyone loves Bill Gates? Oh, it's because Bill Gates is a far leftist. Rogan's kind of right down the middle on everything. He does have some uh, left beliefs. He also has some right beliefs. He's right down the middle. But since Rogan's not a far leftist, you know, it's it was terrible and he's, you know, he's not a scientist. Okay, well, neither is Bill Gates. Bill Gates ain't a fucking scientist either. So get his shit out of my face too because he's not a scientist. So don't try to bring it into being who's a scientist and who's not because you guys allow Bill Gates to talk about the virus and act like he knows about a vaccine. He doesn't know shit. He's not, he's a, he made Microsoft. He's not a scientist. Joe Rogan's not a scientist either, but he can have his own opinion. He just said he would tell them that. If they asked me an honest question, I don't, you know, should I get the vaccine or not? He would just tell them that. Okay, so it's not going to hurt. I mean, let's just, you know, just come on. Got to keep everything balanced. Can't bash Rogan on CNN because he's not a scientist, but we air Bill Gates, who is not a scientist, and we listen to what he says. Okay, move on. So Ruiz gets dropped in the second rallies to beat Ariola via unanimous decision. 118-109 on two scorecards and 117-110. I didn't watch the fight, not going to lie. Didn't watch it. I wasn't paying for Ariola Ruiz. Sorry. Um, I heard Ruiz, you know, he looked, his boxing looked great. He just, you could tell that he was, you know, he didn't, he just didn't want to take a chance. He knew he could get away with winning with just his boxing in this one. So that's what he did. Uh, big win. Would love to see some big fights next. There's, you know, there's some guys out there. Wilder, um, Alexander Usyk, um, Dillian White, possibly Joshua or Fury, depending on how, if that fight falls through or not. Big fights for Ruiz though. Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, press conference reaction. So this was hilarious to me. So, okay, I mean, here's what I'm going to say, though. Floyd kind of, Floyd started all this. I don't care what anyone says. Floyd was starting to talk shit to Jake Paul. Did he not think that Jake Paul was going to react or come say something back? Okay, so it starts off. He says, I'll beat your bum ass and your brother's bum ass in the same night. He said, I'll beat you both in the same night. Now, first off, Floyd's not going to do that. He's not an idiot. It's just talk. So then, you know, they're just they're talking. It's everything's funny. You know, they're just, you know, they're laughing, taking little jabs at each other. Then Floyd goes a little dark. He says, I'm going to do this for the country of Japan because of what you did to that country. Obviously referring to the suicide force video Logan Paul made, you know, four years ago. I was like, really? Why would Floyd out of anybody goes dark when there's so much dark around him? So he goes, I know what you, Logan goes, oh, I know what you do to women. <laughs> I was like, yeah, get him. Floyd is known to be a domestic violence abuser. It's, he's been, you know, people have said it multiple times. Girls have said it multiple times and, you know, his wife has said it, his ex-wife. So for Floyd to go dark there on Logan was interesting because he had to know Logan was coming dark back at him. So then the press conference over, Floyd's doing a little media scrum to the side. Jake Paul walks up and says, all right, let's do it then. Give me the contract. Fight us both in the same night. And I was like, jeez, here we go. Floyd goes, okay, get him. Get him a contract. And Jake goes, call Al Heyman. He's like, I don't need to fucking call Al Heyman. And then Jake says, got your hat. Snatches Floyd's hat. Takes off running. Gets piled up by Floyd's. Floyd's always with 20, 30 bodyguards. 
So Jake basically gets jumped by about 20 of these juice heads. Um, Jake walks out, cut, little cut on the tongue, bl- black eye. It was hilarious. Um, I loved every second of it. Jake Paul has the combat sports worlds by the nutsack. Everything he does right now has turned to gold and been awesome content. And I can't actually can't wait now to see Floyd and Logan. I'm excited for it now. I'm actually probably end up getting it because I can't wait for that. Uh, so Canelo versus Billy Joe this Saturday on pay-per-view. We'll get to that prediction at the very end. Um, tough fight. Tough fight for Canelo. I'm telling people. This fight's going to be close. I think so. Uh, and then they had the ring dispute because it was an 18-foot ring. Billy Joe was pissed. He's he's a movement guy. He's stick and move. He uh, Bigger ring. I think they got up to 22 feet now. Um, so Billy was happy with that. Got his way. I think a lot of it was also to get in Canelo's head, and I think he has gotten Canelo's head. Canelo's been pissed a lot. So we'll see. We'll get to that prediction here in a minute. Uh, Canelo says he would have KO'd Floyd if they would have fought when both of them were in their prime. So he's saying, if I would have fought Floyd now, and Floyd was the same guy when he fought me the first time, which was Floyd in his prime, in my opinion, still, he says he would have knocked out Floyd. I can't say that. I don't know because, obviously, that's just a... Could never happen, obviously, but... uh. Floyd's tough to beat, man. Especially back then, tough to beat. So I don't I don't think so. Chad Ocho Cinco will be on the Mayweather Logan Paul card. Will face a celebrity or a former athlete. Dude, why are they not doing Chad Ocho Cinco and Jake Paul? Ocho Cinco is, is with Floyd. I think he's training with Floyd. So why are we not doing that? You know, why are we not doing Ocho Cinco Jake Paul as the co main event? Kind of makes sense. They're still looking for an opponent. Why not throw Jake in there? That'd be awesome. Uh, Joseph Parker beats Derek Gijor via split decision. 115-113, and then one judge scored it for Gijor. 115-113. Gijor was not happy. He thought he won. Again, didn't see this one either. Uh, a lot of people thought that... I think a lot of people did... I was reading most people thought Parker won, but it was close. It was close. So, you know, big one for Joseph Parker. Trying to climb up the ranks again. Fury's team will move on from Joshua if negotiations continue to stall. Wilder Trilogy, easy to make or fight versus Ruiz. I'm hearing that they're going to get it done. It's just kind of Fury's team throwing out jabs to try to hurry this process up. But it's going to happen. Too much money on the line. Triller Executive wants Jake Paul, Dylan Dennis next. Yeah, no shit. Don't, you don't want him to fight a boxer. You don't want him to fight a good MMA striker. But Dylan Dennis, it, it's, it's a story. And it's a big pay-per-view in my opinion. It does as much pay-per-view as Askren, if not more. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's the right fight to make next, to be honest. Katie Taylor remains undisputed lightweight champion and women's pound-for-pound pound best with unanimous decision win over Natasha Jones, 96-95 on two cards and 96-94. Another good fight. Katie Taylor's a beast. The pride of Ireland. She looks phenomenal. She's a stud. There, I heard there might be a rematch, though. Um, she wants to finish Natasha. Loma back on June 26 against... Masayoshi Nakatani coming off a win after suffering his only loss to Teofimo Lopez. Obviously, Loma coming off the Teofimo loss. Expect Loma to win this one pretty easy if he looks the same. So let's get into some MMA headlines now. Um, Yuri KO'd Reyes with a spinning elbow from hell in round two. Great win for Yuri, in my opinion. We'll get into what's next for him, so I'll leave that there. What a win, though. He's so good. He's way better than I thought he was. I said that he was a wild, just too wild. He's not. He's good enough to win. He's good enough to win against the elite uh, at light heavyweight for sure. 
Uh, Rory gets first round sub in round one versus Curtis Millinder. So Rory gets six points in the PFL. Uh, his, first, his first fight of the PFL season. Big win for Rory. Congrats to him. He should easily win the 170 title. Edwards versus Diaz moved to UFC 263 on June 12th because of an injury to Nate. Will remain five rounds. Guess the back injury. So easy turnaround. He said, I just need a little more time. So he'll go. We'll go. They'll go in a month later. Uh, Diego cut from UFC. What to make of that in the Josh Josh Fabia situation? So this was so weird. This Josh Fabia guy's basically taking over everything. Diego, he uh, basically just you know he runs what Diego does in a life. He runs Diego's life, and uh, he's kind of made Diego just a super different guy now. Um, Fabio is you know seen talking to like Megan O'Leary and Paul Felder and stuff like that, saying you know you guys don't portray me right in the media, and they're like, dude, we're announcers. We don't care about you. We're talking about Diego Sanchez fighting Don Cerrone. We're not talking about you fighting. So it's super weird. I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, Bellator says we want nothing to do with Diego. See if he even gets the fight again, man. Uh, could be a could be a bad situation, though, for everyone involved. Uh, hopefully Diego can get back on the right path. This guy seems to be leading him down the, the wrong path, in my opinion. Chris Weidman, obviously the guy broke his leg against Uriah Hall, says he will fight again. God, I hope so, man. I'm rooting for Chris. Um, that was so tough to see. But I am rooting for Chris, and I hope he can get back in there, you know, however long this takes. Sean O'Malley versus Luis Smolka in the works for UFC 264 on July 10th. That is on the McGregor card, so it looks like O'Malley will be a part of, you know, the McGregor movement in Vegas. Uh, Shevchenko believes Nunez trilogy will happen. She said, we're both going to clear out our division soon. It must happen. It will happen, for sure. There's no doubt. Unless Nunez just chooses to retire in a couple fights. Uh, Usman calls for a fight with Michael Chiesa. So he called for a fight with Chiesa because Chiesa has the longest win streak in the welterweight division. Goodness gracious. What are you talking about? Who doesn't have a fight? Leon Edwards does have the longest. Um, now he's saying he wants to see everything play out. He said, I am considering everything. Colby Covington, Michael Chiesa, and then I want to see what happens with Leon and Nate. He says those will be my three options, and we'll decide after that. Nick Diaz will not fight Hamzat Shamayev says he hasn't earned a big fight. Nick says, I'm going to wait till Nate fights, and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. I think Nick and Jorge is the fight to make. Hopefully they can make that fight happen. Nganu and Jones go back and forth on Twitter. You know, Nganu saying he's a decision fighter. Jones saying he's going to break him. Nganu says, dude, you have never broken. You haven't broken anybody in the last three, four fights. What are you talking about? Can we make this fight happen? Nganu Jones must happen. Come on. Pay him $10 million, and let's go. Romero has an eye problem, doesn't pass physical, so he is out of the Bellator Grand Prix and fight with Anthony Rumble Johnson, which is very sad. And we'll get into those predictions here in a minute because these fights do start sooner. They may have already started. Uh, so, Lil, what's next after last week's fight? Marab gets a big win over Cody Stammen. I'd either say fight uh, my number 13, Marlon Marais, or number 14, Jimmy Rivera next. Sean Strickland, great win. Love to see him bump up and fight a guy ranked. Number one option, guy coming off a loss, Kelvin Gaslam, who I have ranked 12th, or number 14, Kevin Holland. Uh, Giga Chikadze. I love this guy. Uh, I have, I would say Calvin Cater, my number nine ranked, uh, featherweight or number 11th ranked featherweight, Josh Emmett. Uh, Dominic Reyes, one, definitely take time off. And I think a fight to come back to number 15th ranked Ryan Spann. Yuri Projaska, one, you fight the winner of Jan and Glover. Or if you want to fight, if the UFC wants you to fight before and you're willing to do that, Alexander Rockich is the fight. Andy Ruiz, one, Deontay Wilder, let's go, PBC, get your shit together and let's make it. Two, fight Fury or Joshua, one of them if the fight falls through. So last night was PFL. I rewatched the card. Um, 
Kamar Usman's brother at heavyweight lost via second round choke. Kayla Harrison dominated via round one TKO. And Fabricio Verdum loses in his first fight at PFL. Now, we will see if he goes and tries to get this overturned because it's very controversial. So he has uh, Hannon Ferreira in a triangle choke. So he's on his back, right? That means he's on his back. Guy's in guard. He gets a choke. The referee's on the uh, left side of them. You can clearly see in the replay, Ferreira taps twice. One, two. Tap on the shoulder. He tapped. So Verdum kind of eases up. He's like, all right, he taps. And the ref doesn't stop it because he doesn't see the tap. And Ferreira starts landing bombs on him and knocks him out. So Verdum technically loses here. We'll see what happens if they do anything different. But yeah, Verdum goes down. So now let's get into my Bellator 258. Goodness gracious. Bellator 258 predictions. First off, middleweight bout. Lorenz Larkin, 22-7, takes on Rafael Cavallo, who is 16-5. Cavallo is a former three-time defending middleweight champ, but has lost four out of five. Kind of taken, you know, kind of been rough. Uh, Lorenz Larkin has won four in a row since starting 0-2 in Bellator. In Bellator. Hasn't fought at 185 since 2014. Did fight at 180 in 2018. I got Larkin via decision. Uh, he definitely gets the win here. I think he's too skilled, in my opinion. I think he gets it done. And a great welterweight bout. Michael Venom Page, 18-1, takes on Derek Anderson, 17-3. Anderson's won 3-0 since losing to Derek Campos. And Michael Page has won 4 in a row since suffering his first career loss to Lima. I'm going, I think this is going to bring out the best in Michael Page, fighting a really good guy like Anderson. He knows he's got to perform. I'm going Page via TKO round two. Lightweight bout. Patricky Pitbull, the brother of Patricio Pitbull. Uh, he lost his last fight, but have won seven straight before beating the likes of Roger Huerta, Benson Henderson, and Josh Thompson. Uh, he's 23-9, fighting Peter Queeley, SBG guy, Conor McGregor training partner, 1-1 one one in Bellator, coming off crazy comeback win versus Ryan Scope, where he was dropped bad and hurt bad. I'm going I'm going the SBG guy, of course, Queeley via round three TKO. Light heavyweight Grand Prix, final quarterfinal bout. Anthony Rumble Johnson's returned after four years off, former UFC title challenger, making his Bellator debut, was supposed to be fighting Yoel Romero, is now fighting Jose Azevedo, who is seven and two, one and zero in Bellator, has won five straight. By far his toughest fight, other though, I'm going Rumble via KO round one. Juan Archuleta, twenty five and two, has won two straight since the Pitbull loss that ended his seventeen fight win streak. That was at featherweight. He is fighting Sergio Pettis, yes, brother of Anthony Pettis, who's two and zero in Bellator, went nine and five in the UFC. I'm going Archuleta via unanimous decision. Um, oh yeah, we could find the odds, huh? Bellator 258 odds. Where are the odds? Fight odds. Let's get it, huh? Let's see what the odds are. Archuleta minus two. Okay, hold on, hold on. I like to go off Bovada. Archuleta minus 205. Pettis plus 165. Rumble minus 150. August, Jose Azevedo plus 325. Patricky. Pitbull, minus 310. Peter Creeley, plus 240. Derek Anderson, plus 230. Michael Vinnipage, minus 300. If you want a little parlay action here, you go Sergio, Queeley, Lorenz Larkin. Nice parlay. Okay. Yep. So then it's going to be UFC. Fight tonight, Watterson versus Rodriguez. Odds. Okay, before we do that, though, we'll get into my predictions for it. 
So here we go. UFC Fight Night on twenty on ESPN twenty four predictions. This is tomorrow. Uh, first bout: Phil Hawes, ten and two, two and zero in the UFC. Won the contender series to get into the UFC. Kyle Dawkins is who he's taking on. Who's ten and one, suffered his first career loss in his UFC de- debut to Brendan Allen, but did bounce back and beat Dustin Stoltzfus. I'm going Hawes via TKO round one. This guy's special. I'll go Hawes. Lightweight bout: Great. Uh, my, my number fifteenth ranked lightweight Diego Ferreira, who missed weight, lost his last fight to Darius. Vice split decision ended his six fight win streak. He is taking on Gregor Gillespie, who's thirteen and one, hasn't fought since his KO loss to Kevin Lee, which was his first career loss. I like Gregor Gillespie to bounce back and get a decision win. Uh, another well, uh, and here's a welterweight bout. My number twelfth ranked welterweight Neil Magny takes on my number thirteenth ranked welterweight Jeff Neal. Coming off a loss to Chiesa is Neil Magny, which ended his three fight win streak, and Jeff Neal coming off. A, lo- uh, a loss to Wonderboy, which ended his seven-fight win streak. I'm going to go Magny here. I think the pressure and the wrestling will get it done. I'm going to go Magny via decision. Donald Cerrone, 36-15, who is 0-4-1 in his last five. Drew versus Nico Price in his last fight. Taking on late replacement Alex Moreno, coming off a loss to Pettis, but it was 4-1 in his last five before that loss. I think Cerrone digs down and gets a win via submission round two. Women's strawweight bout. My number eight ranked strawweight. And this is actually a flyweight bout because it's a late notice fight. So they're doing it at flyweight. But my number eight ranked strawweight, Michelle Waterson, 18-8. Coming off split decision win versus Angela Hill. Taking on my number ninth ranked strawweight, Marina Rodriguez. Coming off a win versus Amanda Rebos after suffering her first career loss to Carla Esparza. This might be heart over mind. I'm going Waterson over Rodriguez via decision. And now the big one. Canelo and Billy Joe. For the super middleweight WBA, WBC, WBO titles. Canelo Alvarez, 55-1-2. His only loss to Floyd Money Mayweather. Won the WBA, WBC super middleweight titles via unanimous decision versus Callan Smith in December of 2020. He then defended those titles against Avani Yildirim in February via end of round three stoppage. He is taking on the undefeated WBO super middleweight champion Billy Joe Saunders who won the super the WBO Super Middleweight title against Shafat Usif in May of 2019 via decision. Then he had his first title defense versus Marcelo Esteban, where he won via 11th round KO in November of 2019. He then had his second title defense against Martin Murray in December of 2020, where he won via decision. This is a very tough fight for Canelo Alvarez. I can't stress that enough. I think it's going to be a very close fight. I do think Canelo wins on the scorecards. I'm going to say seven rounds to five, Canelo Alvarez. Um, I think Billy Joe does very well early. I think Canelo comes on late. I think Canelo will end up, he's, Canelo's going to win like the last five rounds. You know, in the first seven, it's going to be like 5-2, Billy. And I think Canelo comes on very late and gets the win via decision. Would not be shocked if Billy Joe won. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll get back to being just MMA next week. Obviously, big pay-per-view coming up next weekend. So yeah. Next Monday or Tuesday will be just MMA, and then Thursday, Friday will be an unedited podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. Peace.